Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Good morning, church. How's everybody? Good. I'm glad everybody's good. Um, And I just have to just say real quick, this morning is going to be a little different. Um, I feel like if you've ever heard me preach, first of all, I would never say any of my messages are ever polished, <laughs> but today's going to be especially raw, all right? Um, I just feel like there's something on my heart, there's definitely something that has been stirring, and I don't know if I've been nervous for a message for a long time, but today that's the case, and I think it's because it's real. <laughs> it's not just a message for you, but it's truly a message for my own heart, and I, I just think about what we just sang, consume all that I am, I don't want control. Lord, my heart is yours, amen? And so, Lord, that truly is our prayer this morning as we just come. Let your word just transform us, move us. God, let us truly um, understand um, who you are and the peace that you give. Everyone said amen. Amen. So part of the reason I'm a little nervous about to give this message today is because um, last week, Pastor Aaron walked in, I was back here, and, and Ryan's here, and he's like, hey guys, I changed up my message. I was going to preach on peace, but I feel like this word needs to be spoken about distractions. And, um, and I don't know about you, but how many of you were just impacted and needed that, that message? Anybody? Because I've been distracted. <laughs> um, I definitely needed that last week, but right after Aaron gets done saying he's going to preach on distractions, he looks at Aaron and I, or Ryan and I and says, hey, by the way, next week, remember, I'm going to be gone. I need one of you to preach. And then the other person, if you could preach while we're in, uh, on the ski trip, that would be great. So Ryan looks at me. He's like, hey, Matt, you want to preach next week? And my answer, I look at him. I'm like, let me get back to you. And the real reason I told Ryan this isn't because I didn't want to to preach this week. It was because I heard Aaron say that he was moving back the idea of peace. And um, so I would be the one speaking on peace. So I get in on Tuesday and Aaron's like, dude, this message will be so easy. Dude, just speak about God's peace. It'll be a no brainer. And I'm looking at him like, you have no idea, bud. So Aaron and I sit down for probably an hour and a half, and I just download to him. And I told you this morning is going to be a little raw. I want to share it with you a little bit. The last four months of my life have been completely flipped upside down. I haven't felt any sort of peace in my life. Four months, I have been striving for peace in my life, but it's been the last thing that has come. And let me tell you why. I have loved every ounce of serving in youth ministry the last 12 years of my life. Right here, this local church body, seeing it grow from, from six kids to, to 70, 80 kids that we have on Wednesdays. It's so much fun seeing the growth, seeing people come to this understanding. It's just been awesome. When we started West Campus, um, there wasn't a whole lot to, to go off of, so everything was new. Everything was exciting, and uh, there was a lot to be done. And, and over the last couple of years, Jacob Hall uh, has been, he came back from, from his, inter, or his, his leadership um, school and came back and man, he's just loved, uh, just, it's been awesome having him here. And I've always prayed that I would raise up somebody, uh, disciple somebody who would take my place. 
Uh, we shouldn't be always looking outside, maybe some person that will fit our DNA, but maybe someone from our DNA that raise up and take over to pass the baton. Amen? So in October, I passed the baton over to Jacob, and he's officially the youth pastor of RSM and doing a great job just seeing new ideas and fresh ideas. And he's so much younger than I am, so he has more energy. And, and um, I just felt every, every Wednesday night I went home, I'm like, I can't move. And uh, it was just, it, it felt like the right time, but knowing that my passion for youth hasn't changed. I think that's been a hard struggle for me. I haven't for a second that thought that it's time to move on from youth ministry. I love our youth, and so I'm having a good time discipling and having one-on-one conversations and things. But it just hasn't been the same. Everything I've known for my weekly things has been gone. The other part of that is, is when we started West Campus, we didn't have a worship team. (laughs) I walked in and I literally was the only person, one person, I was the only guy. Ryan Wallace happened to be the the breakthrough campus pastor and he said, hey, I got this family, the Hall family, they moved out to Goddard. I would hate to lose them, but what if we asked them if they'd come over and, and drum for you and, and that, that's when we met Doug and Crystal Hall and they, Doug became our drummer and Matt Castle came and said, hey, I wanna try out for your worship team. I love to sing, I'm awesome. Are you willing to play bass? And he was like, I don't play bass. I'm like, I know, but are you willing? And so I taught him how to play bass and Matt's playing bass today, He's such an amazing worship leader. And I tell you all of this because now our, our worship ministry is 48 people. Wow. It's almost like a small church, a ministry. It's unbelievable, and I'm so thankful that I get to pastor it. But let me tell you something. Not only are we a phenomenal, have a, a phenomenal worship team and great musicians and talented worshipers, but we have musicians that have a hunger for Jesus in their life. Transformation. It is true worship, and I don't question the motive up here. Amen? But with that, I used to have to constantly strive to make worship happen. And right now I get a partner with Ryan and worship and Lance and Matt and all these amazing worship leaders that we have. It's unbelievable. But the more and more we've done that, I just kind of step back. You know what I mean? And I'm just being real with you. And so Aaron says, hey, you want to preach on peace? It will be easy. I'm going, bro, you have no idea. I haven't had no peace in my life the last four months. And so I was sitting in on the, the, the pastor meeting for the entire city about what it would look like to, to have a 21-day fast to start out the year. And as Grace said, man, yes, I was excited about it. The second we talked about it, I knew what I was going to fast. And my wife always makes fun of me because I'm an extreme person. <laughs> I'm all in. I just, you know, I set myself up for failure much time. Many times. And so I decided that not only what I wasn't just going to fast a meal, I wasn't just going to fast TV or social media or one of these things. Those are all great things, and I've fasted those over my life, and they've been amazing. But I decided for 21 days I was going to fast food. I like food. (laughs) Not just any kind, I mean food. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks in between, food. I am going to fast food. Let me tell you, the first week of our fast, I pretty much secluded myself to my office because I didn't want to be hangry and bite off somebody's head. 
I was just, man, I talked about distracted. Last week, Aaron talked about distraction. I was distracted with eating all week. The smells of food, the idea of food, my mouth watering me, almost crying. How many times I almost gave up and was like, hey, I'm just going to do this easy. I'll just do one meal a day. I'll just do whatever. But, oh, man, I'm so hungry right now. I just need some food. Well, my wife, the day that we started the fast, sends out a text to my family and says, hey, guys, so excited. Caleb wants to spend his birthday. He turned 15 yesterday. He's like, he wants to spend his birthday at Kobe's Steakhouse. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's going to be easy. Filet mignon, lobster, shrimp. They're like, hey, catch it. I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm like, oh, what's wrong? I'm like, just move on. Right? You know what I'm talking about. I'm literally like, for the love. Men's group, we have the national championship, LSU, Auburn, or Clemson game, and, and guys are bringing over pizza and bean dip and everything, meat sticks, and I'm like, love you too. Yeah. Woo. I'll just, eat, I'll just drink this little, this little bit of orange juice that I decided to have. Anyway, to say the least, the peace in my life has, has not been there, and and uh, the fast hasn't helped a whole lot. But everything shifted last week, and, and it's been really cool. And so I just want to speak from this point of view. I know that was a really long intro. But if you have your Bibles, would, would you turn to Mark? Mark chapter 4. Jesus has started his ministry. He's called the disciples. He's named the disciples. And um, they've seen him already begin to walk in the ministry of, of healing. He's, they've seen him heal paralyzed. They've he, seen him heal the sick. They've seen him do all these miracles. They've seen him begin to preach kingdom principles. And so we pick up and Jesus is preaching and he's finishing preaching to a large crowd. By this time, people want to hear what God, Jesus has to say because of the miracles, because of the authority he's preaching and teaching in. And so he's preaching to a large crowd, so big, in fact, that he's actually standing in the boat offshore because there's so many people out there. He's preaching, okay? And it says this. We pick up Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in a boat and started out leaving crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke, up, woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked um, each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. This story absolutely amazes me because there's this, there's this part of me that has this self-righteousness like, man, if I would have saw Jesus heal the para like, a paralyzed man who hasn't walked and Jesus just heals them and they start walking, I would be like, and why are we afraid? We're with Jesus, right? But then the real side of me shows every day that I would have been just like the disciples. You know what I'm talking about? 
As soon as the physical elements come, the wind and the waves, all of a sudden, sheer, absolute panic comes. Let me tell you something. I don't know if Mike Wooler's in this room, but I want to tell a quick story. Last, this last summer, Mike, Mike really wanted to learn how to fish. He's like, Matt, I've yet to catch a fish from my boat. I want to learn how to fish. Would you go with me? So Caleb and I were going over, and I don't know if you've ever seen the Sea of Galilee or been to the Sea of Galilee, but it's about twice the size of Cheney. Okay, so you think Sea of Galilee, massive body of water, not so much, okay? It was really cool, beautiful area, but it wasn't this massive body of water that I thought. Um, the days we were there, it was really foggy and kind of eerie a little bit, and then one day it was beautiful sun, but it kind of reminded me of Chini, um, and not... Not so much the beautiful part, but the size of water, and it was windy. And I don't know if you've ever been to Cheney. It could be like beautiful, no wind, you leave your house, everything's great. You go out to Cheney, and all of a sudden it's like hurricane force winds. You're blowing over. You know what I'm talking about? Every single time. So we leave. It's literally sunny, beautiful. We get there, and the wind starts, and all of a sudden it starts raining, and it's getting bad. But this is Mike Wooler. If you know Mike Wooler, he's like, Dude, we're not turning around. We're going. We're fishing. Every other boat on the lake is coming to the dock, okay? The catamaran is getting thrown into the dock, and it's literally bending his boat. Um, the, the boats that are coming in are flying in. They're, like, ready to get off the water. The, the waves are, like, this tall by this time, and I'm just like, <laughs> Mike, I don't think we're going to catch any fish, but it's, it's not worth it. He's like, no, man, we've gone out this far. Let's go. So he gets his little 17-foot boat out. When I say 17, it's, like, this wide, and it's just... We get it in the water. I'm, I'm, I back the boat up. He gets in the boat. He starts it. He goes out. And he's like, hey, I'll pick you guys up at the dock. Well, the dock is full by this time with other boats while people are running in, trying to back in their boats. It's pure chaos. Boats are getting slammed. So Mike's having to, like, putt around. But in the meantime, his old boat is like, all of a sudden, Mike disappears and then pops back up. Mike disappears and pops back up. And I'm like, I look at Caleb and I go, I don't think we should get in that boat, man. This is not a good idea. And Caleb's like, yeah, I agree. And so Mike's like, come on. And I'm like, no, you come on. And so finally he's like, I think it's getting a little bad. You think we should bring it in? I'm like, yeah, you know, it's already been 10 minutes. By this time, waves are breaking into his boat, okay? And literally I'm seeing Mike like trying to see, you know, just bob plumbing in. And no joke, I'm not kidding. About 15 seconds later, I run to the, the, the truck and I start backing up. I look in the rear view mirror and Mike's boat's like this, okay? And I'm like, oh no. And a little bit longer, it's like this. All of a sudden, Mike jumps out of this boat. His entire engine is underwater. I'm like, oh, no. So I just backing in this boat. Of course, it's like windy. It's going. I can't see the trailer where it's at. By this time, five guys jump off the dock, and they're helping Mike bring the boat back into shore. And they're holding it up as best they can. The water is not only... The, the, the engine's not only underwater, but the, the, the battery compartment and the fuel compartment's completely underwater. Now it's moving into the back seat, and his boat's sitting up like this, and I'm like, oh, man. We have five guys doing everything they can to hold it up, and it's pure chaos. Everybody is panicking, and I'm not kidding. And so we, we bring this huge winch out. We're trying to get the boat in. We finally get it in, and it's pouring water. Everything is pure chaos. And I look at Mike, and right before he said this, he's like, I've been out and worse. And I just looked at him, I'm like, yeah, so has it been worse than this? He's like, shut up. <laughs> and I say that because in this moment, I'm picturing exactly this. Absolute panic, sheer panic, chaos. But I find it absolutely amazing because there's one person that is not in absolute panic, fear, worry. It's Jesus who's sleeping at the back of the boat on a pillow and they're screaming at him. 
I'm just picturing this in my mind. It's like pure comedy. It's just crazy. Let me ask you this real quick. What is the opposite of peace? What are some opposites of peace? Chaos. Chaos. What else? Fear. Fear. What? Anxiety. Anxiety. Kind of turmoil. Doubt. Worry. All of these things are opposites of fear. And this is exactly what the disciples had even in the presence of God. You know, did you notice that? They're already seeing what Jesus had been doing, the miracles that he'd been doing, all of these things, yet turmoil, anxiety, fear, doubt, worry, all of those were in this short story, and we see it. And the amazing thing is, is <laughs> Jesus is, it's not like Jesus doesn't know this is happening. Okay, if a fierce storm comes in, you know there's like rain, waves pounding over the top, all of these things. Jesus isn't like have this magical bubble around him where everything is great. He's probably soaking wet, getting pounded with rain, hit in the face, winds blowing. He's feeling all of these elements, right? Yet he's still completely at peace in the back of the boat. And here's, here's what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing in this season of my life. Peace is not this physical thing that we can conjure up. Amen? It's not just something that we strive for. It's not a yoga class I take. It's not a breathing exercise that I have that all of a sudden peace just overcomes my life. Peace is given by God. Peace is God. God is peace, and it is given by him. In John... 1427 or 26 actually it says this I am telling you these things now this is actually right just before Jesus is arrested this is his words right before he's arrested he promises the Holy Spirit and this is what he says in verse 26 I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you but when the father sends the advocate as my representative as my representative that is the Holy Spirit he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you I am giving you a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. God leaves the Holy Spirit with the disciples. He's promising the Holy Spirit, and he says the Holy Spirit is peace. He says, and the world cannot give it. It's not something that we can conjure up. It's not something if I try harder, all of a sudden for four months I've been in turmoil and just some distractions and things in my life. I don't just try harder and peace happens, amen? I press in to God and God gives me peace. Does that make sense? Philippians 4, 7 says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then, everybody say then. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and his minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Some translations say peace that surpasses our understanding. We've heard that many times. The peace that surpasses our understanding. But it truly is a kingdom gift. Amen? One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace right? It's a, the Holy Spirit allows us to in, enter into peace. And Jesus in this moment, sitting in the back of the boat, knows who he is. 
He's pressed into his identity. Hey, Mike. Presses into his identity as the son of God. He knows why he's been sent. He, he knows the will of the Father. And let me tell you about something. He's been praying and petitioning every moment he's been on earth with his heavenly Father. And he says, I don't do anything I don't see my Father do. And so I'm going to walk in peace even in the midst of the storm. And even when the storm starts seeking our boat, and even when it seems like, like it just can't, like, like everything else, don't you care that we're going to die and drown? Jesus is like... Ye of little faith, how many times do I have to tell you? Do you know the God we serve? Let me tell you, in my life, the physical things have been coming. Doubt has entered my, my mind in the last four months. Is this what I'm called to do? Am I really supposed to be, be here? Maybe God's calling me to a different place. Maybe this, maybe this, maybe this. I start wondering if I'm making an impact. Well, let me tell you something. I told uh, some people, they said, Matt, I really want to know what you've learned along this fast. I can't believe you fasted. I can tell you I haven't, I haven't uh, eaten a bite of solid food for, uh, whatever, 15 days now? What are, what are we on, 14? 14 days. Let me tell you right now, day one through four, this is what I wanted really bad. Wingstop, <laughs> Chipotle, I really, Freddy's. I was like, yes, I want them. My mouth is watering. I need them. Like, I really want them. Okay? Day four through seven, it changed a little bit. My kids are at home complaining about broccoli one night. Okay? My kids are at home because my wife made a quick snack of, of, of tuna fish and crackers. And they were like, don't you have anything better to eat? There's nothing to eat here. And I'm just like, that sounds so good. <laughs> It went from like craving these like specific things to just wanting nutrition. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, Christy Wallace comes up to me. I love Christy. She's the sweetest person in life. She's like, Matt, I've been praying for you every day. They were sending me these sweet encouragements about the, the benefit of fasting and the, the scriptures that go along with it and believing God's going to speak to me in this time. And I loved it. It was awesome. But this is what Christy says. Matt, I've been praying for you. And God told me on day eight, you're going to have a breakthrough and you're not going to hunger anymore. And this is what I looked at her and said, can you pray day one, please? I'm literally starving to death. And she looks at me and she's like, day eight, it's going to happen. I'm like, Whatever. You want to know what? Day seven was the worst day. That was the day we went to, uh, right before we went to Kobe's. I couldn't stop thinking about Kobe's. Couldn't stop thinking about everything else. I was so hungry, and my mind's completely focused. I'm like, yeah, right, day eight, my butt, right? <laughs> day eight, I wake up, I'm not hungry. We go to Kobe's. That was the one day I was like, maybe I'll cheat. It's my son's birthday. I have a reason. My mom's in town. She's, she's hardly ever in town. My whole family's together, you know, and I prayed about it. I said, God, give me a conviction if you don't want me to eat. There's no conviction that came. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll eat. We get to Kobe's. I still don't know. My wife's like, you going to eat? I'm like, I don't know yet. She's like, huh. So then the waitress comes by, and she's like, what do you want? And I was like, do I have to order something, or can I sit here? Because they have that rule that if you don't order something, they charge you anyway. And she's like, well, technically I'm supposed to charge you, but you know, we're about to spend like $500 in the place, and we have like 12 people with us. And she, she goes, well, but I won't charge you anything. I was like, cool. I was like, then I, I won't eat anything. So I'm sitting there, and I'm completely indifferent. I'm not hungry at all. And from that day on, I literally haven't been like, oh, I need food. <laughs> I haven't desired anything else, but I'll tell you what I have desired. I've desired my time with Jesus. I've fallen to my, my, my knees many times, and I beg God for revelation in my life. 
And he's just been pouring out all of these things. Man, it's been good. And what I've come away, and I feel like what God has revealed to me is something. In 1 Peter 3, 9, it talks about really living a life of peace, not, not uh, retaliating with ins- insults, not, not wondering the, the, the Christian over there who has it all mixed up and feel like they're, they have a wrong interpretation of Scripture. It's not getting mad at them, but it's praying for them. It's, it's not going, hey, politically they don't line up with me and I can't stand those people. I'm going to pray for truly that God would lead us into his kingdom and for his kingdom to come through the person he appoints come November. Because I know that I have a peace about, it's the peace about where I sit before him as a, a pastor at Reliance Community Church knowing who I am because I'm first and foremost his son. And in 1 Peter 3, 9, it just talks about really living a life. It says, turn away from evil and do good. And it says that search for peace and pursue it. Search for peace and pursue it. We just got done saying that God is peace. And um, we truly have to just press into him. Amen. And during this time, I feel like this is what God revealed to me. On day one through four, I, I craved really specific things. Wingstop, Freddy's. Chipotle, day four through seven, I really wanted nutrition. But after that, I, I really wanted Jesus. And I can tell you that um, it's been a long time since I've craved that. I've said I want it. My heart says I want it. And I'm not saying I haven't. But it's been so, I really yearned and longed and, and wanted it. And we crave what we feed on, church. We crave what we feed on. So I'm living in doubt my entire last four months. Guess what? In a way, I'm, 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 I'm just living a life of doubt now. And the second, all of a sudden, I, I, I want to experience peace, I go back to what I've been feeding on the last few months. Maybe it's social media, and we're feeding on social media of acceptance or what's going on or fear of missing out or whatever it might be. Maybe that's what we're feeding on. Or maybe we're feeding on this idea of success, like, man, all of a sudden I'm going to make enough money or win the lottery that everything would be grand and all my worries and things and anxieties would go away. But if that's what we're feeding on, that's what we're going to pursue. And if that's what we're pursuing, we're missing out on the kingdom of God. We crave what we feed on. I've served this local body for 12 years. And I have been busy. And I've wore it like a badge of honor, like it's something to be proud of. Monday nights, I have stuff going on. Tuesday nights, I have something going on. Wednesday nights, I have something going on. I work 40 hours a week in the first three days. Man, I feel good about myself. And all of a sudden, my role changes, and I have Monday nights open. I have Tuesday nights open. I can, I can pick what I want to do on Wednesday nights. And all of a sudden, I don't feel like I'm needed or wanted anymore. <laughs> That's a lie. It's a deception from Satan. And the truth is, is because I've been trying to feed this, this craving of busyness. And so I feel guilty when I sit in my office like I don't have something to do instead of rest and pursue the, the peace and the feet of Jesus. Hmm. I'm confessing to you. That has been an idol in my life. It has been what I've craved in my life. It's been what I've fed on in my life. I'm thankful that Aaron's out uh, resting today because it's, check on us. I ask you that. As pastors, make sure we're not just busy, that we're overflowing what we're, we're, 
really putting in. So I finished this up and the band could come up, but this is what I want to leave you guys with. So we're at the citywide prayer. I walk in and um, I see Jacob and Jordan up front. I see some Reliance people up front and to the left. I see Ryan on this side and I see Aaron. And, and I just walk in and, and I just decide not to go sit with them. Not because I have anything an issue, but I like to meet new people. I love to, to talk with people. So I just decide to sit by a whole bunch of people I don't know. And so I'm over there, but I also, also just came with like this selfish prayer a little bit. My, my selfish prayer was this, God, can I just encounter you today? I just need your touch. I just feel a little empty. I said, I, I just come before you and I say, God, just like the first time I ever met you, encountered you, I'm asking for that same type of encounter, the same type of word. I just need to know that you and I are okay. <laughs> The whole night goes on, and it's a great night, man. It's so good. I love the fact that there was no agenda. If you happen to be there, there was no agenda. He want, uh, Sam said, we prayed about an agenda. We desired for this theme. We're going to pray intentionally, but it just never came. So we're like, God, maybe we're just waiting for, for you just to, to speak, and we're just going to wait on you. thought it was extremely fitting. So worship goes as awesome, good. Man, the, everything, the prayer time was good. So we're praying together, about three of us. And Sam comes, taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, will you come share about the student citywide prayer? And I meet together with some youth pastors around the city and we get our students together and we pray. And so I still lead this and I, it was just awesome. So I'm stirred already about the night. So I encourage everybody out there to pray for the youth pastors, that we would stop seeing youth ministry as a stepping stone into real ministry. But these are, are pastors that are discipling young ones and, and speaking kingdom into them. And so it get done and Ryan makes fun of me because I preach all the time, everything I do. And, and so I go, and I go back to my seat where I was, and this lady said, Matt, I've had a word for you the entire night, but God says you're ready to receive it. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and I've spoken to this lady maybe once in my life 10 years ago for brief moments, and she says, Matt, God just wants you to know he is so proud of you. <laughs> so I shake my head put my hands out she said she's proud of you that you've been faithful and you're encouraging of one another that you're constantly encouraging people and you're building them up in their identities and you're constantly encouraging them to pursue the love of Jesus the hope of their life and I'm like yes God that's what I want and then she says this and there's these milestones in your life that has kept you going and those milestones are people. Those are the investment. Those are the treasure. Those are the inheritance that God and the kingdom has because of your faithfulness. Okay? And she said, you're doing all of this even in the season of discouragement. That's when I broke. Because I've been discouraged. I, I try to talk to Darcy about it and I don't even have words to explain just not feeling needed or wanted or, or just lost. I've, I've been focused these last few years. I've been investing in these young students and wanting them to come into a love affair with their father. And at the same time, I've forsaken mine. So church, I, I just tell you, we pursue God and he gives us peace in our life. 
Ryan said it earlier, people are coming to him with all these things. Layoffs are happening at Boeing and, and jobs in the economy and, and we don't know the future of this and it seems like we have a generation, it's the most warred on generation ever and they're distracted and they're, they're just constantly being just fed all of this deception and, and whatever it might be, it, there's just this turmoil in our lives. But let me tell you something, press in because the peace of God is at hand. And it surpasses anything that we can comprehend or understand. So I told you today's gonna be raw. And for me, this is this is it. Before you just standing naked and bare, saying, How do I repent of busyness in my life, of distraction in my life, of not being merry and sitting at your feet? I say, and this is the best part. I gotta I gotta finish up with this because this is the most the best part of the whole thing. The word spoken to me and God knew exactly what I needed to hear. I wasn't even crying in the moment that this was spoken to me. And I get on 21st Street and Darcy didn't happen to go with me because she had to bring Paige and Titus to the Y for, for gymnastics and Caleb had a wrestling meet and I just, just got done running from his wrestling meet to get over their busyness, right? And those, I, I, I believe that it was for a reason. I'm driving home on 21st Street. I just said, God, thank you for your words. Thank you. Let me tell you something. The whole time I was striving with, for peace is because I thought I was disappointing my father. And he said, I am so proud of you. And I'm so proud of you, Matt. Not of what you've done, not of all the things of, of, of because you're my son. And today, I just want to show you who you are in me. So I think there's people in here that just need to receive who you are. As a son, as a daughter, I believe God wants to pour out his peace. I got these last scriptures I just say just because they're so good. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace. And be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says this, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your son, your daughter, you're literally not seen as a sinner. You're not seen as a, as a broken, messed up being. You're seen as a forgiven son, a forgiven daughter, and that's who you are. And that gives me peace. Come on, amen? That gives me peace. And so somebody needs to receive that peace today. If we have a prayer team, I encourage you guys to come up, but don't leave here in that turmoil, in that anxiety. God wants to calm the storm and speak it over your life. So Lord, we come before you today. We just confess. God, I confess. I lay it before you. God, I want you. Consume me all that I am. God, I pray for the person in this room today that just has had, they can't even speak words over how they feel or the moment or the season of their life. God, I pray that you would just break through today. I pray a peace that would surpass anything we could comprehend. God, I pray, pray peace over the, the largest, the greatest storm. God, I pray that you would just come and break through. Holy Spirit, do only what you can do. You are truly peace. So Lord, let us receive it in the fullness that it is. And everyone said amen.
for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.